0: Hey! Hey Northwest Arkansas, welcome to another episode of Hey Hey NWA. Uh, I'm Peyton Finley, and this is Zach Pankey over here.
1: Hey, I'm Zach Pankey.
0: And so we got another episode for you. Uh, this week we got to talk with Jay Armagos of I Mindful. Now she runs this mindfulness studio that is in Bentonville, and we dig into what mindfulness is. So calm down if you don't know what mindfulness is, and yeah. stay tuned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she talks about that and how it's evolved in her own life and how she's gotten into merged it with you know her business, but also just various aspects of her life and and local business and yeah, her relationships with others.
1: Yeah, I so talking to her about mindfulness was a lot of fun because I I've heard podcasts people with people talking about mindfulness and mindfulness meditation, centering prayer, that sort of thing. Um, But something that I was really fascinated by this conversation was her talking about her time at Startup Junkie and starting her own business. And something I found really fascinating, uh, she talks about working and collaborating with other entrepreneurs in the area to create better business in Northwest Arkansas. And the people she partners with vary from Mauricio Guerrero from episode one of the podcast to Hello Coco in Fayetteville and Patagonia Bee Products and just a lot of different people. Yeah,
0: and it, it also warms my heart a little bit yeah, that, yeah. you know, business is helping business. Local business is helping local business. Kind of like I I get all the warm fuzzies
1: whenever yeah. I hear about... Uh, local business helping local business. And when we get behind each other, like we can create something bigger, like we plug into something bigger than ourselves. Absolutely. It's, it's really neat to hear people talk about that sort of work. Swear warning. So, what you just heard was our swear warning, letting you guys know that if you've got kiddos running around, this episode does contain. A little bit of it's light, some, it's some light swears. If you uh, if you play it real fast, you might not even hear it. So, Peyton, what swears do we have on the show today? Such a good question, Zach. Um, this time we have
0: a couple offenses of the a dollar sign dollar sign <laughs> word, um, <laughs> angle side side, if you prefer. Angle side side, yeah, it's from geometry, I've you never... know, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah so that's that's it it's It's, and it's in reference to a group that she's a part of so you know it's it's fine it's it's not like she's swearing because she's
1: angry or it's an encouraging swear yeah i love what a positive swear i love encouraging swears man you can lift up some people with some cuss words yeah you can i mean we don't not on this podcast anyway not
0: on this podcast anyway (laughs) Without further ado, we're going to dive into this interview. So thanks for joining us and get ready to hear some more from Jay herself.
1: Her very settling and calm, sweet voice. Yeah, don't fall asleep because she has the
0: most soothing voice naturally as a mindfulness instructor. Quite a
1: calming presence for
0: sure. Absolutely. All right. Sit back and relax. Listen to the episode. Hey, hey, Northwest Arkansas. Welcome to another episode of Hey, Hey, NWA. Um, this week, we're here with Jay of I'm Mindful. Um, Jay, we're very thankful to have you on our show.
2: Thank you, guys. I'm so happy to be here with you.
0: Yeah. Um, could you tell us a little bit just about how you got into mindfulness, how you you got to the point where you are now, where now that you have a studio, you have your own space where you um, practice mindfulness in so many different areas? Yeah. So,
2: it started probably back in 2006 um, as a young professional, just was not doing a good job coping with stressors of everyday life, young professional, young mother, young wife. Um, and I was hit in about 2006, 2007 with a heart depression, um, clinical depression. And also my, my anxiety levels were just <laughs> off the roof. So. My therapist asked me to um, to start a meditation practice to see where that would take me. So I did. Started looking into meditation and found the, the practice very humbling and and to very to to center me and to calm me. And so I became a student of the practice and continued to study it. Um, and then, of course, changing careers and. After be- being a banker for almost 14 years, I went into the nonprofit world, and coming from a corporate environment to a more settled environment <laughs> was kind of challenging, and it has its own set of challenges, and then I, I dabbled a little bit into consulting, and um, and during that time, I was doing really well, traveling traveling a lot to um, the East Coast and West Coast, just consulting with large 500, uh, Fortune 500 companies, and life was good. And then in 2012, um, early 2012, I became extremely ill, and we didn't know what was going on. And to make a long story short, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, and then a few months later with uh, lupus. So that's where I really discover the power of mindfulness and meditation. Um, so I, I became an avid student of it, but not only this time, just a student of just doing the practice, but 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 studying about it, hmm. finding ways to learn and become an educator of the practice, so I could share my passion and what it had done for me with others.
0: Awesome. Did you find it? <clears throat> I at first, whenever you got into mindfulness, mm-hmm. was it something natural for you? Was it?
2: Oh gosh, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> not. I don't think this is natural for anyone. Um, if they say that, I don't know. I, I want to have a conversation with them if somebody like, tell says me your that. secret. Yeah, tell me your secret. Um, so no, it was it was extremely difficult. Even um, so, back in two thousand and six, when I started my meditation practice was extremely difficult i i i'm a very high energetic uh person Um, i'm just wired that way and to think of sitting for 30 minutes was just mind-blowing to me so i remember just lasting sometimes two minutes um practicing my breath and just sitting down and just can't do it anymore and just um just being bothered by the fact that i just can sit there and but it really wasn't until 2012 when I discovered mindfulness, that it's it's more about awareness and, mm-hmm. and being awake instead of going in this deep silence and trying to quiet your mind, um, which is regular meditation. Mindfulness is more about being aware. So that was kind of more down, you know, down what I, down my, I, I guess it aligned more with me as a human being, right? Because I didn't have to find this silence in my head. I could embrace my thoughts um, and my emotions and just pay attention and, and becoming aware. So it's it's very difficult, but like any other skill, it just requires practice and persistence. So think of when you're learning a new job, it's just doing that skill it's repetition over and over again um, and really that's how you learn mindfulness
0: would you say that it was a it was a a process of learning that it's not about clearing your mind but being aware of your mind so when you first started in 2006 and so when you really picked up speed in 2012 yeah.
2: so it, so between 2006 and 2012 I really I I looked into meditation, but not as deep as I did in 2012. So I read a little bit about it, and I just started doing it. So immediately when I discovered mindfulness-based stress reduction that was developed in 1979 by Dr. John Kabat-Zinn, a scientist at the University of Massachusetts, and I remember reading the first sentence that says that mindfulness is not about clearing your mind. It's not about being in one place. I felt that I immediately was given permission to practice the way I felt. My it was almost natural, right? Because that's what my mind had been doing all this time. I was just resisting and fighting it, and kept telling to myself, "No, you got to clear your thoughts. You can't be thinking this is a a time where you just have to be, you know, within." And so it was like an immediate um, permission to practice the way. I guess you're supposed to practice um uh, but it was still difficult right because you have to get used to the idea of still you have to have one focus you know um for example if you if your intention for the day is to uh, during your practice is to focus on sounds in the environment in the room you still have to maintain your focus on sounds in the room so if your mind gets uh you know gets uh grabbed by uh, in emotions or thoughts or the to-do list that you have to do, you still have to be disciplined enough to, you know, acknowledge where your mind has gone, dismiss it, and then come back to your practice of that day. You're just focusing on sound. So it's still, there's a level of discipline that you have to have.
1: So when you talk about meditation or mindfulness, the mindfulness can be on when you sit down to have your practice, yeah, it can be on anything? Is it can be on anything.
2: It could be on anything. And and the most beautiful thing that I love about this is that you can practice formally, which is sitting. Okay, And again, you don't have to sit on a cushion, right? It could be on a chair. It could be, I don't know, on the floor, on a mat. Um, and that's what we call the formal practice. So you're sitting down with an intention, with your breath, um, with your thoughts, But then you can do it informally that means while you're reading a book you still have a level of discipline you still have an intention but you're doing something you're reading or you're cooking um, you're having a conversation.
1: Could you explain to us the difference between I am reading Mm -hmm. and I am mindfully reading or I'm cooking and I'm mindfully
2: mindfully cooking? So think about this with, you know, from your own experiences, you start reading a book, right? Right. And you start reading the first page and probably 30 seconds into it, your mind has to wander away right it just it goes away and five minutes later you come back and you're still on the same page right Mm -hmm. uh or you probably subconsciously have been reading but you haven't been paying attention so you have to switch back and go back to the first page so that's that's reading without paying attention when you're mindfully reading the minute you become you know the You have to have a level of awareness that when you get distracted, you immediately notice that Mm. and you acknowledge and you dismiss and you come back to your reading. But that takes time, right? Because the first time that you're practicing this, it's probably good. You're going to go five minutes by before you notice so the practice and cultivation of mindfulness what it does is bring it brings that awareness to the upfront so you become more aware of faster so maybe instead of five minutes later a minute goes by and you're like oh goodness (laughs) my mind has wonder so it's having that level of awareness same when you're cooking you're cooking you're cutting your vegetables but you're really your mind is not you know your body's doing but your mind is someplace else you're thinking about I don't know, work, that report that you didn't get done today. And perhaps you're a person that really enjoys cooking and that really fulfills you and brings you joy. So the idea is that while you're doing it, you're paying attention, you're cutting those vegetables, you're listening to the crunch, you're feeling the texture, you're looking at the colors, you're tasting it. So you're really having an experience with what you're doing versus just just existing and doing the motion of it. But your mind has gone to who knows where. Does that make sense? It
0: does. Yeah. It does. It's helpful too. Yeah. much more enriching of just life. Absolutely. It is.
2: It's being in the present moment, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, right? Past is gone and present is not here. <laughs> the future is not here yet. So all we have is the present. So why not learn and cultivate those moments of joy and happiness that really what is doing is building our emotional, um, what I call our, our, our emotional system. As human beings, we worry a lot about taking care of our immune system, right? We're always doing something to help us not get sick, take vitamin C, orange juice. So we have become somewhat obsessed with taking care of our immune system. But one thing that I've learned through this journey and this process is that we have forgotten to take care of our emotional system, which is, you know, our hearts, our brains, Um, and The only way that I know how to do that is by doing things that really fulfill you as a human being, create those moments of joy and happiness um, and laughter. And so when you get hit with something really bad in life, you're more resilient. You're more, um, it's easier to get up, right? Because you can pull from those experiences of happiness. You can remember those times of joy that you had. And as a human being, you want to go back to those moments. So it's easier for you to get up and want to survive something that has happened in your life versus if you don't have anything to hold on to, if all you've done is work, get up in the morning, go to work, come back and go to bed, then you know what's there to drive you to want to go back to that, right? As a human being, you might say, gosh, if that's all it is, then... Why would I want to go to that? But if you have these moments, these memories of joy and happiness and fulfillment, then you're gonna to want to get up and you know get better and go go against the grain or whatever is happening to you at that at that current time. At least that's in my opinion.
0: Right. Well, and you have firsthand experience, you know, combating depression and anxiety yeah. and lupus and yeah. using mindfulness as a tool of resilience.
2: Correct. It's something that um, I always tell people. I have a long history of depression in my family. um, Years and years of you know history, and so I don't think that's something that you ever over overcome if that's in your blood. Um, But or or anxiety, you know, that's that's how I'm wired. I'm just an anxious person by nature. I love doing things so what the mindfulness has done is really it helps me find my center my calmness and it has taught me to go from a doing mode that we are constantly on as human beings to just being mm. I, I really believe there's a reason why we're called human beings and not human doing <laughs> or doers Um so it's helped me find that balance that it is okay to have slow time and quiet time and it doesn't mean that I'm less driven than somebody or less um, ambitious than somebody. In mm-hmm. the contrary, it's really helped me find um, my balance, and it has really has really gotten me focused to really go after those things that truly matter versus trying to just grasp at everything in life.
1: Which is pretty countercultural in a Western, Americanized, 100%. capitalistic society yeah. where... Your value is based on how productive Correct. you can be. How with,
2: busy we are, right? <laughs> right,
1: right. How many things can you juggle at That's once right. rather than how well can you do the one thing that yeah. you're trying to do in one moment?
2: Absolutely. So Western society has gotten us to this point, right? we Again, when somebody asks you how you're doing, the first thing that comes out of your your mouth is, I'm super busy. Oh my gosh, I've been so busy. And, you know, we all say that. And I've been guilty of it, you know, recently with opening the studio. And then I catch myself and I'm like, really? Have you really been that busy? (laughs) Because I think you've just been having a blast, (laughs) you know? So um, it's just, it comes automatically, right? And... It's almost awkward. I remember feeling awkward the first few times that I really didn't feel like I was that busy and going from a meeting to meeting. And it was almost um, a shame within me to say, I'm doing great, you know, things are awesome. (laughs) Because you don't want people thinking, gosh, is she slacking? Has this mindfulness thing just, gotten her away from being driven and successful and ambitious and so there's almost a sense of guilt within you right because we've been taught to just always be doing something always be busy to multitask which it's been proven now by MRI technology that we don't actually multitask we stop doing what we're doing to focus on something else and then come back to it so It's just something that we've invented as human beings, but we're not really multitasking.
1: So what took you, you worked in banking for 14 years and you've worked in other jobs, I imagine. Yeah, high pays,
2: very high, high pays. Uh,
1: But removing yourself from where removing that yourself from that setting where it was high pace mm-hmm. and high energy all the time and lots of meetings and removing yourself from that to a place of this is I guess what you wanted to open up this is the thing you wanted to do actually yeah. and giving your all to this thing which doesn't mean you're not busy correct but it's directing that focus I guess to your what you want to be involved with. Yeah. What brought you out of that setting? What was it that, what was the, the the straw that broke the camel's back for that?
2: So it's definitely, I would, I would say it was definitely a personal choice, right? It it was a very intentional, um, choice. So, (laughs) After I left banking, like I said, I, I did um, nonprofit and then I went and opened up a startup with a friend, leadership development, and that was awesome, great experience. We provided leadership training to uh, companies mm-hmm. around the country and actually around the world. It took us to Panama, but um, and then I went to Startup Junkie Consulting to work um, as a consultant for startup for small businesses. Mm-hmm. And that kind of got my my the fire in my belly back again because I love helping people I love providing um, consultation based on my experiences and things that I really know and even though I I didn't I've never had a business of my own. I did open one with with a person and it was quite the experience. Um, but I still, I felt like I had a lot to bring to the table still with my, my years of banking and commercial lender and being involved in the community and, you know, building the strategy for Arbits on how to service the Latino market and the minority market women and, and things like that. So I felt like that I could bring that to the table. So doing that job was awesome because it allowed me to meet different people every day and really hear their struggles and their success stories. And it was really fulfilling. Um So I started getting that, I guess you get bitten by the entrepreneurial bug, as they say. (laughs) Um, And something just kept telling me, you know, all this, all this training, all this years of training and um, studying that you have done in mindfulness now and how it's helped you and your son who's autistic. um, How do you take that and help others? You know, how do you start sharing that knowledge with other people? So I started asking that question a lot. Um, and I started looking online to see how they offer mindfulness out there. I knew that it was offered in hospitals and clinics, but then I found out that there were studios that they were doing this too. And that's what really got me thinking, oh, you know, I could, I could open a studio. Um, but it wasn't until last April when I went to visit a studio in New York um that just had opened that previous december when, when you go on the internet and you start looking for mindfulness studios you know i i what i was seeing on pictures and things it wasn't what i had in my head you know when you get something in your head and you have this gut feeling of what that something should look like and i wasn't seeing that but it wasn't until i walked in into this new york studio called mindful which is is the benchmark for me you know that's what i want to accomplish someday um, and I opened the door and I went in, and immediately I know, I knew, wow, it was that. It's like time just stopped, <laughs> and you're just there and saying, This is exactly what I've had in my head mm-hmm. for this time. A beautiful environment, a beautiful place. You don't even know it's a meditation studio unless you really go there because it's such a beautiful setting. Um, Looks like a spa, but I don't know, even more welcoming. And there's people reading and just sitting down, sipping tea. And so it was a beautiful environment. And I was able to take a few classes there. And I thought, this is exactly what we need in Northwest Arkansas. So I came back with that, with that mission, um, and I told my husband what I was going to do, and he was like, oh, God. And I said, well, I'm just going to try it and see what happens. But, of course, having my knowledge of startups and working with Startup Junkie, which it was like going through an MBA program ride <laughs> with two and a half years being there, I, I knew that I needed to test this concept, and I knew that I needed to test the market. So I came back, and I started doing focus groups. Talked to about a hundred, over 120 people, just to see what they thought. What did they knew what mindfulness was? How would they feel about it? Would they come to a studio and practice with a group of people, strangers, mindfulness and right. meditation? And the more people learn about it, they were super curious and they would say, "heck yeah, I would go to that." But then knowing also that people tell you one thing and then when it's time to pay, they do another. Um, I knew that I needed to start very small to see if it was true, if people would truly put their money and come do this. So we found a very, very small studio in Fayville, 203 square feet, which is probably, I mean, a little bit bigger than this office that we're in. (laughs) And, um, and I started (laughs) and I started doing, um, I started practicing, but for free. I started inviting friends and family, and just kind of to get a hold of the concept. And so, late April, I um, this happened. This all happened really quickly. It was it was May. Um, I went to I'm, I'm, I was part of a CEO forum uh, with Tim MacFarlane. That it's a group of peer-to-peer um, mentoring with high-level execs and. So I was part of that group, and it was my turn to speak that day. Um, we all go around and say something, and it was almost my turn, and I keep telling myself, should I say something about the studio or should I just not? And basically I made the decision, no, 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 I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm just going to stick to you know, talking about Startup Junkie. And when it was my turn, I just opened my mouth, and the first thing that came out was my, about mindfulness. Whoops. <laughs> so I'm telling them all this and they're all looking at me and just listening and I have this this peer that just almost jumps out of the corner somebody who I've been in this group for about two years great personality but super quiet super private and he said mindfulness we need to talk we need to talk So I was like, okay, and where did this person come from? Because he's always been super quiet and just observing, you know, everything that was going on in the room. Um, So a week later, we get together, we talk, and he tells me that, you know, he's been trying to do mindfulness, but it's really hard to do it on his own, and he wants to hire me to be his teacher. And so he became my first private client. And his name is Ramsey Ball. He lets me tell this story, and he's an amazing human being. And I became his client, and we went through a twelve-week program, and it was amazing. He says it changed his life um, so much that he said, "I want to be, I want to be an investor of your company." Wow. He then started referring more private clients, and before I knew it, July came, and I was overwhelmed, <laughs> which I wasn't <laughs> supposed to be. <laughs> With private clients, and of course we had group sessions. You know, we we would have group sessions in, in the studio, and yes, people were actually paying wow. <laughs> to do to do that. Um, so Ramsey became an investor, and my my best ambassador because he kept sending us clients. And July, the end of July, I I completely transfer into full time into I Mindful and I left my job. at Startup Junkie Consulting, and it just kind of blew up from there. In October, we get a call from the Walton Life Fitness Center at Walmart that they have associates asking about mindfulness, and they Google mindfulness in Northwest Arkansas, and we came up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what are the odds of that, you know? And uh, kudos to my husband from do- doing a good job on our SEOs. I don't know what the heck we did, but, you know, it worked. it worked. And so they asked me to come in and do a demo, and we did. And they hire us for a 12-week pilot to see how it would go. And from there, it's... Uh, it, you know, it's it's been an amazing journey, and then they called us from the David Glass, and they wanted a pilot, and so we did a pilot, and it went great. So um, both the Walton Life Fitness Center and David Glass, and we're doing it at what they call the 608 building, um, where they're, they've they hired us for the entire year. So in 2017, we're going to be providing mindfulness Um to the, um, ISD, um, uh, associates wow. and we teach twice a week at the Walton Life Fitness Center and, and we decided that it was time to really move down to this area, to Bentonville, just okay. because, you know, some of the companies in this areas were calling us and plus Walmart, plus I lived here and plus Ramsey found us this amazing location of, mm. Everything just seemed to be aligning, you know, mm-hmm. to the way that we were we were really um, praying for, you know, mm-hmm. asking God to give us the guidance um, for this. And so we decided it was time to open a bigger studio and and take the risk. So here we are, well, here first week are. open. So <laughs> one week in, one week Thank in, you. yeah, and it's been amazing.
1: I would love to circle back around and tar- talk about Startup Junkie mm-hmm. um, because absolutely, my family is full of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and I worked in an entrepreneur development center when I lived back in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and so the concept of creating something that didn't exist before, yeah. uh, whether it's a mindfulness studio yeah. or whether it's a podcast yeah. or whether it's a bakery, whatever that is, the idea the concept of creating something that didn't formally exist yeah. is really fascinating to me. Yeah. So do you mind giving us a few pointers yeah. on, Hey, I want to start this business or i want to start this project. What, what are some good first steps to take yeah. as, as a startup?
2: Absolutely. So, and of course I didn't, come, I didn't come up with any of this. I I, <laughs> I owe all my knowledge to really Jeff Amaron who, who's a maverick in, you know really took it upon himself to <clears throat> start developing the entrepreneurial ecosystem here in Northwest Arkansas which before 2008 when they started it was pretty much non-existent mm-hmm. so um so the first thing we did with our clients was really uh have a conversation to listen to see to what point they were at um in their idea or product, and you know, depending on that, because some people are much ahead than others. But if you're coming to us and you pretty much have an idea, um, that's it, nothing else. You don't have a concept, or uh, we use a tool called the Lean Canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that tool. I used that tool when I started putting the studio together. That was the first thing I did was to complete my Lean Canvas. Because it really helped me put that story together, that later on I was able to use to complete my business plan when my investor asked for that vi- business plan. Um, so the Lean Canvas was extremely helpful.
0: What is the What is the Lean Canvas? So
2: the Lean Canvas is a it's a it's a tool. It's about it's it's a page. I wish I had no mine is online so it's 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 a a by eleven piece of paper and it's divided in about nine boxes mm. if i recall <laughs> um and you start with the problem that you're trying to solve um, and you know you go from there your target your who's your target audience uh what competitive advantages you have um how are you going to monetize this um you know so it really it, you start putting the story. Together, because the one thing that I learned is if if you're mm-hmm. going to do a startup that nobody's willing to pay for for your idea or product, then you know <laughs> you, you you have to do something that you, you're solving a problem, mm-hmm. right? right? And it's not about why you think you're solving. You have to talk to people. You have to just talk to as many people as you can. And the more strangers that they are, the better, because your friends and family they tend to really be soft on you and be like, "Oh yeah, that's a great idea." And then, you know, and Martha is talking to Uncle Steven saying, "Wow, Jay's really crazy. Why is she <laughs> doing that mindfulness thing?" You know. So the more strangers you talk to, the better, um, because people just your friends and family they just tend to be, you know, a little bit more kind to you um, and you and you have those friends and families that you know they'll, they'll give it to you straight and they're like I don't know what you're thinking but that sounds like a crazy idea so you want to hear from as much people as possible and as much as you are in love with your concept and your product it's not about you you know mm-hmm. at the end of the day is what problems are you solving out there for society to me it was very clear we have an epidemic of stress Um, Well, actually, it's become a pandemic, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, so it's it's so I knew that this was a way to give people a tool to help them cope with their stress and their anxieties. Yes, it had helped me. And yes, I was able to prove it. But I needed to go and ask people if this, you know, I, I needed to ask them, see how they felt about it. Do you think this is something that would solve your problems? And you need to talk to as many people as possible. So the Lean Canvas not only helps you put your story together, but it forces you to go out there and talk to people and validate your concept, your product, or your services. Right. So that's the first thing you got to do. And then the second thing is, um, you know, make sure that you're talking to people like Startup Junkie Consulting. They're they're experts. They they they've had their own businesses. They have failed. They've been successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so they will they will save you a little bit of time, you know, by telling you some things that have really been tested and validated. Um, and you should really go with an open mind, you know. Sometimes we have people come in there and, and ask us for our advice, and then they would just turn around and do exactly the opposite that we would tell them. So, or they would be like, uh oh, no, you know, I don't think so. And that's okay, but when you're starting... From scratch, when you're starting a business, it's it's a good idea to just have a very open perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and study your competition like your life depends on it. You know, if there's somebody else doing it, you have to have a really good reason why you're going to disrupt that market that already exists mm-hmm. and how you're going to do it and what you're going to bring to the table that... You know, their established clientele is going to look at you and say, oh, OK, I'm going to go with you because, you know, so you really have to make sure that you understand um, how you're going to re- disrupt that that service or that product. Right. Because um, otherwise you're just <laughs> creating something that it's already out there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and you're just duplicating efforts. Um and just do your research, you know, and make sure that you're getting into something that you love and you're absolutely passionate about. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that seems like a, like something really simple to say, but you would be surprised how many people get in in, in the wrong business for the wrong reasons. Right. And they have no clue about it or the industry they just know that there's a lot of money involved in it, and they're going to do it. And sometimes they're successful, but sometimes they fail because they have no knowledge, no passion, no love for it. Right. So it's really difficult. So do what you love, stick to what you know, and become, and become the best at it.
1: Okay. So, if our listeners have listened to episode one, we interviewed Mauricio Guerrero at Two Eleven Cafe.
2: (laughs) A good friend. Yeah, Yeah, he's. Oh, I love Mauricio. Yes. Uh,
1: Speaking of passion in business, he is like. He's the the epitome of that. He's the poster, the poster child. (laughs) Yeah, he seems like it. Um, So, we understand, I guess, by talking to you and talking to Mauricio Mm -hmm. that you guys have created a network of startups and businesses that kind of have each other's backs yeah. when it comes to uh, being in partnership yeah. and together in business. Could yeah. you speak a little bit about creating a community of businesses here are yeah. for each other and not against each other?
2: Absolutely. So that's, that's the one thing that I've always, I love to collaborate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a team type of person. I don't like working on my own um yeah there's things that you know you have to do as an individual but i really believe in the power of collaboration um so especially as an entrepreneur it can become extremely lonely um because you don't have the money to hire <laughs> experts or to have a team a group of people right. around you all the time um and even though uh you know folks like startup junkie exists they still have a ton of other clients that they need to take care of so I really we wanted to create an environment that we would have almost um, like a board of advisor or a team so we didn't have a good name for it so we just call it the kick-ass CEO roundtable so
0: good. Is it patented? Is it patented?
2: Uh, no, but uh, we got to do that. Debbie is our lawyer, so she needs to do that right away. Debbie Winters. <laughs> By the time you hear this, it will be patented. Yeah, it will be patented. Debbie is on it. She's awesome. Um, so we just said, you know, let's do this. So is, is Mauricio? and myself and there is uh paulina rojas who uh who is an international nutritionist and she owns beyond nutrition yes and we have Erin jackson from um aerial uh media consulting she is she does social media for all of us and she's okay. amazing Good. and we have my partner also in the company jacob perry who owns patagonia b products who you guys have to absolutely talk to Um, and then we have Rafael Rios from Yeos. Uh, so, oh, and Jaquita Ball from, she, she's an artist. She owns Red Cat, Red Cat Art. Um, so we, we meet, uh, once a month and we come together to solve problems, to solve each other's problems, to serve as a, as a soundboard. Um, but also to be able to give realistic, unbiased feedback on whatever we're needing help with. And then, of course, we take the time to do mindfulness and meditate. <laughs> that's how that's how we're you know to start the meeting, um, and then we move, we move on to be that support system that we all need in such a. Um, in such an environment that being an entrepreneur is and, and, you know, when you have competitors and clients are changing their tastes and their dislikes and, you know, every day the world is super disrupt, disrupting and it's super complicated. So how do you come together as a group of people and help each other? But I think the best thing that we've done is leverage each other's social media and network. And I think that has helped us, um, do a better job at getting our businesses out there right Mm -hmm. because we all are helping each other so Mauricio is cross-marketing my things I'm cross-marketing his stuff same with Patagonia same with Yeo's so we all have found that common ground and it's just an awesome collaborative where where nobody's competing nobody's We're just trying all to survive and serve people, right? Help Mm -hmm. people. I help people through mindfulness. Um, Mauricio helps people through having an awesome cup of coffee (laughs) and so forth. Oh, and I forgot uh, Lauren Blanco from Hello Coco. Um, How can I forget? She's been an amazing partner Mm -hmm. to us.
1: Yeah, I was just on uh, 211 Cafe's Facebook page this morning and I saw your business card. Yeah. Hello, Cocos. We have
2: a chocolate bar. you guys
1: have a chocolate bar. We do. What is it? The uh, Ula Lavender?
2: It's the Ula Lavender uh, chocolate bar. So one of my favorite exercises that I do teaching people mindfulness is is eating a piece of chocolate. A lot of of teachers do it using a raisin, which to me is super boring. It's like...
1: (laughs) a
2: dried out fruit. Sorry, but uh, I, I do it with the raisin too. But to prove a point, you know, let's do it with the chocolate now. You yeah,
1: might as well enjoy it. You
2: might as well enjoy it, right? So we do it with a piece of chocolate. And it's really, I mean, what it takes you, on an average, it might take you, I don't know, 10 seconds to eat a piece of chocolate, right? You put it in your mouth, you chew it, and it's gone. Yeah. So we do an exercise that it takes us almost five minutes to eat that piece of chocolate. And it's about really being in the present moment, enjoying that piece of chocolate, smelling it, tasting it, touching it, thinking about where those cocoa beans came from, who picked it up. So you go through this entire exercise of mindful eating to teach people that you really need to find those moments in your life where you can at least enjoy a piece of chocolate Mm -hmm. and just savor it. So I wanted to... Have my own chocolate bar to do that exercise with. I don't know. And so I talked to Laura. We're good friends, met her through Startup Junkie. I was her consultant. And I said, Hey, I have this idea for a chocolate bar. Can we work on it together? And she was like, Oh my gosh, we wanted to do a lavender bar for a long time. So I gave her, you know, the recipe, what I wanted to do, and we started testing it. And the first the first one. It was okay. I mean, it had a lot of lavender. It tasted like it had, like you had almost a soap <laughs> in your mouth. But the concept was there. And, right. and when you, and it was my fault because I told him to put this much lavender, and they kept telling me, You're, instead of listening to the experts, you know, Laura yeah. was like, "Ah, that might be a little bit too much lavender," and I was like, "No, no, I really want lavender." And of course, it came out really, really bad. And then they, they did the second batch with their expertise, without listening to me. (laughs) Sometimes you have have to tell your client, let us do this, we're the expert. Mm -hmm. And it came out to be such a wonderful bar. We tweak some things here and there, but man, that's why you got to let the experts do what Mm -hmm. they know best. And it was a beautiful, it's a beautiful bar. It has lavender and we're used to Patagonia. Honey, of course. And... Then we decided that because we also have a foundation, it's called the I Mindful Gives Back Foundation, and we provide free education and practice to police officers, firefighters, veterans, um, and and public schools, and then also not other nonprofits that we get to choose. We said, well, the you know the profits from this bar will go straight into into the foundation so that continues to help us to be able to provide free practice and education um, to people that we know there would either be too much red tape to get to them if we're go asking for them to pay for something like this or they simply can't afford it and my husband and I just looked at each other and said we don't even want to go there You know, the police officers, they, you know, the the type of jobs that they do, they probably need mindfulness the most, firefighters, veterans. And then public schools, imagine the red tape that we would have to go through if we would ask for funding. So we said, absolutely not. We're just going to do this for free. Mm -hmm. And really, the the only overhead expense that you have is paying your instructors, right? Because you want to take care of your instructors. You want to make sure that you're paying them um so that's why we have our own chocolate bar <laughs> so. yeah
1: absolutely. so i would love to hear more about the foundation yeah. and the initiative that that is yeah. and is it just meditate or is it just mindfulness uh is, well
2: we're going to start incorporating uh yoga we're working once again collaborating uh, with people that are doing really good things in the area through a friend i met um this beautiful lady called Melissa. Her name is Melissa Sims, and she owns um, Tiny Sports Academy. And she, her company, does um, tennis for kids three, four, uh, five, and six uh, years of age. But she also does the tiny yoga. And so I wanted, I wanted to teach yoga to kids here. But I wanted again to go find the expert who's doing the best. Right. And she's certified in teaching kids yoga. She's a, 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 an athlete. She took the, the time to go get her certification in teaching kids yoga, and she has a passion for it. And when I met her, you could see that passion just coming out wow. of her. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're partnering with her so we can also start offering uh, yoga for, for kids at the, at the schools. Um, and then through our instructors here who already teach yoga and are experts in that field, uh, we're going to incorporate so we can not only do the mindfulness, but we can do the yoga because there are so many studies that are proving the health benefits of yoga and mindfulness practice. Mm. Um, so that's what, you know, we're, we're going to be offering those those two things. Um, but really the, the foundation was created as soon as we created the company, my okay. husband and I have been in this community for 18 years. Um, we both come from families, from parents that are just servant people. They just, they love to serve others. Um, and so we've always been thought taught to just give back. And I think through my, through my arvis um, involvement working with arvis for so many years they really ingrained in you it's part of their culture to serve your community and be part of your community mm-hmm. um, so that just was still in me from from a very young age and then as as i progress into my professional um, career so, when we created this, that was, you know, we said we have to have a, a foundation that gives back, that, you know, we can immediately start offering those services for free to, to this group of people. Right. So, we, that was not a, a question. It was um, something that it was part of our mission and we were just going to do it. So, he, he runs the foundation piece. Um, okay. And that's what we do it's simple it's not a complicated foundation you know we we fundraise and we have the chocolate bar and other items that uh, fundraise money so we can pay our instructors and then we go and teach mindfulness meditation and yoga and to those to those group of people and we love doing it and it's a way of us creating a more mindful world and and spreading the the mindful movement and how to live a a fulfilled life
0: well that's that's the beautiful thing I picked up through this whole conversation is it starts with you and you figure out the beauty of mindfulness for yourself and you see it spread to others and you see how it can be applied to so many different disciplines, people ways of life, local business. Yeah.
2: People truly matter and we go our days just gosh doing so much that we just I think we forget that human that human touch, that human contact. Mm -hmm. As you can tell, I'm I'm a people lover. I love people, (laughs) so when you call that day, I was like, yeah, I'll bring, you know, come on in. (laughs) I love just bringing people in, and, and I love to know about people and their experiences, and it's just fascinating to me.
1: Right. So, and then Peyton was also telling me that you bring in Like Mauricio is going to come in and do a meditation with coffee, like specifically. Yeah. If you could just briefly speak about (laughs) mindfulness uh, as an expert, like bringing an expert in to practice mindfulness in their field Mm -hmm. with people, Mm -hmm. whether that's Lauren with the chocolate or whether that's Mauricio with the coffee or something else well and also just giving giving people a
0: space to hone what they do um, yeah I've, I've noticed that that's yeah. extremely important Go ahead. to <laughs>
2: us um so again you know because i i have the training and the, and the certification and the proper education and mindfulness um i'm always going to be there with them but what i like to do is bring them in and showcase and teach people that there are fun ways for you to to cultivate the practice of mindfulness, right? So by bringing in Mauricio and, you know, watching him while while he's brewing this beautiful cup of coffee and just listening to the sounds of the water dripping and the movement of his hands as he's creating this thing. And then he can, you know, tell us to to just take that cup of coffee. And then that's probably where I, 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 I will jump in. Um, And create that experience of, okay, let's, you know, let's smell the coffee, let's taste it, let's close our eyes, let's just smell those aromas, what do you see, what do you feel? Um, So combining a love that he has for making coffee and walking people through an experience of just being aware of just not just sitting there and sipping your coffee and thinking about a 100 million things (laughs) while you can just come we can cultivate mindfulness. Watching Mauricio again do this amazing cup of coffee and watching him as he does that, and 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 then we go through the experience of the coffee tasting. It's just a fun way to teach people that there's nothing weird with this practice. Um, <laughs> it can be a really fun thing, um, and you're 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 taking the time to be still. You almost stop time. Um, to just enjoy something that you might enjoy every morning, but you've never taken the time to just really think about those things right. Same with the chocolate, you know, Lauren talks about how she made the chocolate and where they went to pick up the cocoa beans, and then we go through the experience of tasting and imagining and smelling and feeling that piece of chocolate. So it's a it's a fun way to mm-hmm. combine the passions of my colleagues with, with my experience and provide something unique and different to, to our clients. So, yeah.
1: (laughs) So I really enjoy working with my hands as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do some screen printing, I build some furniture from time to time. I love it. Yeah. So could you, uh, for myself in particular, but I guess also for the listeners, um, could you, Give us some pointers on, as we work, what are some things that we can do in our work that can help us be mindful of the task at hand?
2: Absolutely. So before you start, if you're going to start something like that, right, because we don't always have the opportunity, Um, although there are companies that before they start a meeting, Google is one that they start with a practice of the breath, 10 minutes just settling people in, Mm. settling their bodies, settling their minds and then they go into whatever meeting. So if you have the opportunity to do that before you start working on, on your woodwork or your art, whatever you're doing, um, why not settle your mind and body with a five-minute practice or even two-minute of just focusing on your breath, bringing, bringing awareness to the breath. And it's it's done by just As you breathe in and as you breathe out, just noticing, you know, noticing the cool air that comes in through your nose when you breathe in and the warm air that leaves you. And then also noticing how your abdomen expands and falls with each breath. And you just notice, you notice for two minutes. And of course, the the minute your mind gets taken away, you acknowledge whatever that is, you dismiss with kindness and you come back to just focusing on your breath. Once you feel that you're settled enough, you start working on your wood practice. And the idea is to really feel, you know, whatever you're doing with your hands, really go deep into those sensations of feeling the wood, smelling it, cutting it. And again, immediately as your mind starts to wander, you simply, the idea is to acknowledge, right? You don't want to avoid, you don't want to dismiss without acknowledging acknowledging it. So you acknowledge, okay, it's a thought or it's a feeling, you dismiss with kindness and then you come back to whatever you're doing. Now, the idea is if you have to do that a hundred times, a hundred times you do it, right? Because a hundred times you do it, that's a hundred times that you're cultivating, the practice um, and not judging yourself for saying, gosh, I can never be mindful because my mind keeps gets, keeps getting taken away. Well, guess what? That's how your brain is wired. That's what your brain is supposed <laughs> to, to do, right? That's that's what it does, um, especially with all the behaviors that we have ingrained of multitasking. And of course, our, our mind is going to do that. But you simply just keep coming back to whatever you're doing. And there's three principles of mindfulness that really teach mindfulness teaches you is the ability of awareness right the ability of compassion not not only towards others human beings but towards yourself mainly because we tend to be harder on ourselves and then concentration you know maintaining that focus on what you're doing Um, so that's what you do just keep with whatever you're doing you're reading it's it's just bringing your attention constantly to whatever is the task at hand does that make sense it does. It does. yeah and you just do that over and over again and the more you practice it the more you cultivate it mm-hmm. eventually you're going to be able to have um, longer periods of concentration and focus and what it would really do to you is you will you will notice you will become so aware when your mind has wonder right that it's easier for you to for less time to go by where you can bring your attention back to whatever you're doing. So really, that's what it does. Okay. As a human being.
1: Very good. Very
2: good.
0: Thank you so much for taking time to speak with us. Thank we've you. we've loved just hearing more about mindfulness and getting to know you so much more. You're Thank such a you. delight. Thank you. Um, so, what is? How can our listeners find you? Uh, yeah. How can they? How can they try out mindfulness?
2: So. Just if, if they listen to this podcast, they need to they can um, email us at info at imindfulnwa.com I'm and they can email us and say that they want to try it and we'll give them a code. We'll create a code in, in the system that we'll give to them. Um, but they have to tell us that they listen at the hey hey nwa podcast and we'll de- we'll let them come to a class for free that they can come and experience it um so they can email us at info at at dot nwa.com they can also find us on facebook uh n w nwa or our website is www dot com.
0: well and also let me just say uh classes are at night as well so if oh, you yeah. work you know Come at Lunchtime,
2: time we do desk remedy for lunch time and 5:45 in the morning if you want to do a session <laughs> <laughs> that early <laughs> so yeah we have all kinds of programs so thank you guys for allowing me to speak to you
1: guys and if we want to support the i mindful gives back how can we yeah. do that
2: so when they go to our website, they go to the I Mindful Gives back page, and there's a donation button, and people can just donate there, whatever their hearts um, tell them to.
0: Very good.
1: Also mm-hmm. buy some chocolate.
2: And, man, give that chocolate a try because it's just its amazing. It really is. Very good.
1: Well, thank you so much, Jay. Thank you both. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for sticking around for the end of the interview. Uh, after that interview is over, Peyton and I actually got to go and sit in – I guess it was more participation. We uh, <laughs> went and sat in on a uh, uh, mindfulness meditation class.
0: We went to a mindfulness class. We we were in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Peyton has 100% more experience with with Jay's program than I do because he went twice and I went once.
0: Okay, yeah, that is quite literally 100% more experience mm-hmm. than you it have. Is. So way to go on your math.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, so this... This mindfulness session that we got to go to was about letting go, and it was it was very much exactly what you'd think uh, a meditation class would be. Um, very much you're in a dignified pose, but also be as comfortable as possible. Um, the goal is to focus on whatever topic it is. So, the topics range from exactly what was talked about in the episode to letting go or mm-hmm. also you know the one that I went to was on music and then from there it's all about centering your thoughts there mm-hmm. Um and I can say from my own experience um, the first time I went to the mindfulness class on the music one it was very it was one big exhale I mm. I loved it and, um,
1: but you're a music guy, also, do you think that had something to do with it?
0: Yes, but at the same time i it was something it was something that I just needed that day. It was just okay. you know a long day and um of hard work and needed to exhale mm-hmm. and clear my mind, but also focus my mind that's that's the interesting part of mindfulness to me, actually, so it's not about you know purging your brain of all thoughts but focusing on one thing or a couple of things, yeah,
1: yeah, so. And then the letting go, the session that I got to go to after our conversation with Jay, it was really interesting because we, we sat in that space with four other people uh, kind of together, but also individually letting stuff go. So you don't talk or anything during it, but you uh, it is like this cooperative but individualistic effort. It's kind of... Funny in that way. That was interesting. Um, that you sit facing other people who are also like weighing heavy. The what do I need to let go of? Yeah, I'm letting go. That's, that's on.
0: the heaviest topic. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, I would not suggest starting on a topic like that if it's your first time. <laughs> How maybe about the one where you meditate on coffee or eat Mauricio. chocolate? Yeah. Yes. Let's take oh, five minutes to eat chocolate. So I got the Hello
0: Cocoa lavender bar. Yeah, me too. So yeah. So I've. I've been trying that as I've been slowly working through the bar because, you know, I'm mindful of it, not yeah. just gonna devour it. <laughs> unlike all the other food in my life. So yeah, just taking time to it's just really all about being where you're at. So and yeah. experiencing what you're where you are to the fullest. And so I've used it I I've used the chocolate as a as almost a a practice for other parts of my life.
1: Really? Yeah. So. So, are you take Are you doing mindfulness meditation stuff in pairing with that, or is it kind I'm, of like utilizing the chocolate as? It's both. So and,
0: sometimes I am able to sit down and focus on the chocolate. Other times, it's like the chocolate is a physical reminder of, for me to be mm, mindful throughout the rest of my day. Little baby vacation. Little well, baby vacation. <laughs> <laughs> a chocolate, chocolatey, lavendery
1: vacation. Yeah, yeah. I've I've not. I say I've not been able to step back towards mindfulness meditation, but it's an incredibly useful practice. Mm-hmm. But as we talked about in the interview, it's totally like counterintuitive to mm-hmm. like just sit and be aware, um, be thoughtful, and unplug. You know, yeah. not yeah, and unplug,
0: yeah, in the sense of devices, but also unplug in the in the multitasking right way, right. So I've I've been really trying to think hard about that since consuming the mindfulness class.
1: I, I, I do think there's something to be said though, that I really enjoy about like being mindful of the task that's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. So like devoting your energy and attention to like in that very first example, just reading. Mm-hmm. But if that, you know, if your thing is crocheting or if it's cooking or if it's taking your mini vacation, and eating chocolate, like being given to the task in front of you, is kind of cool, and also being gracious when with yourself whenever mm-hmm. you deviate
0: from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she said in the class, put, dismiss it with kindness. Mm. Just I don't remember the the first word, but with kindness, like non judgment. Not you're not judging the thoughts that come in. You're just saying, not right now.
1: Mm-hmm. I just wanted to remind our listeners that Jay is offering a free meditation session uh, for any of our listeners who. Uh, contact her and tell her that they heard about her via the podcast uh, she is getting on her feet now she's been open now for two three weeks more than that has it been that long yeah I want to say almost a month okay yeah. so she's been open not even a month yeah um, but go check it out it's on southeast Walton um but it's uh take advantage of that mm-hmm mindfulness meditation session and um, don't feel intimidated by it I, she is the kindest and sweetest mm-hmm.
0: person yeah. you'll ever meet um i remember when i was contacting her for this for this interview uh i called her on the phone and she was like yeah today's my first day opening the studio do not you just let's just come on yeah. we have like a six thirty class and i was like oh, well this is kind of a risk i've never done this but then yeah. getting there and being so welcomed and you're in a company of others who also kind and welcoming and about the same thing. Um, and also whether you're an expert or a beginner, doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks for listening this week, guys. Uh, remember to go to facebook.com uh, forward slash Hey, Hey NWA, uh, to find some more content like this, check us out at Hey, NWA.com. You can check our, our blog there that our friend Elise does. Um, you can follow us on social media, on Instagram, at hey hey podcast to see what we're up to. And uh, we just re- released a show last week called Local Lowdown that we're going to start doing. Uh, we do some of these interviews, and they're interesting and fun for us. Um, but Local Lowdown is our opportunity to sit and goof around as a bunch of friends, um, which I really enjoy. So if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. We laughed a lot and had a lot of fun making that. So It's also pretty bite-sized, so Mm -hmm. it's not as daunting as listening to an hour interview. So check it out. Yeah, and now that we've occupied an hour of your time, have a wonderful week.